Are you listening? Damn. Alberta Draft Beer, you heard of that here. Uh-huh. Our word is that clear, we prefer a glass near. Yeah. Local is best, so the rest barely spoke. Uh-huh. From farm to the brewery till it's pouring down your throat. Yeah. From Jasper to Lloyd, we're back to the hat. Uh-huh. You are now at Alberta Draft Beer Guycast. Yeah. Welcome to the Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast, a.k.a. the ACBCG. My name is Andrew, and I'm one of the people behind the Alberta Craft Beer Guidebook. Our goal is to grow the craft beer community by educating the interested and entertaining the entrenched. Our guest today is Shane from the Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous. He's a longtime advocate and educator in the Alberta craft beer scene. He has an engineering background. He's also involved with a local brewery, and he's an overall amazing human being. Shane, welcome. Oh, you're too kind. (laughs) Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. So I dive right into things. No banter. I go right into it. Hit me. Two-part question for those who don't know, because some people don't know. It's a gem if they don't. It's a gem if they do. What is the Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous, or the EBGA? We're all about the acronyms, aren't we? Yes. You got to explain it first, right? And I don't want to confuse too many people. And so what is it, if you want to elaborate on on it, and also what makes it unique from other organizations? Right. So EBGA, or Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous, is a, is a group of, I would say, rather dedicated local individuals here in Edmonton who have, uh, over the past six years, formed a society dedicated to uh, fostering the organic growth of the craft beer scene or movement. Uh, so we are, we're a group that does that through primarily through special events. Uh, and we'd like to, to offer that level of education along with the, the ability to, to meet and greet, uh, your local craft beer, um, people, you know, whether they be brewers or owners or, or salespeople or other industry aficionados, they, they are, uh, they're, they're upfront and they're in your face and they're available for interacting with at our events. And we think that's something that's very unique and very characteristic, um, so we are unique in the way that um, I think we started really at the cr- at the cusp mm-hmm. of what craft beer was uh, six years ago in Edmonton. Yeah. There were a few establishments in Edmonton uh, about six years ago that were you know really dedicated to to showcasing you know craft beer and what it could be. And but at that point in time, they, there wasn't a lot. I mean, there still was some some breweries yep. in, in in Alberta. Not nearly what it is today. But not nearly what it is today. <laughs> no, for sure. And so what we had was a lot of imports, and they were they were cool imports from across the way and mm-hmm. in Europe, and and some from Asia, and a lot from the states, obviously. Yep. So, you know, we were we we're trying at that point to just generally uh, educate and increase the awareness of what local craft beer could be. And yeah. so we brought in special guests to have Q&A sessions. We had um, different, uh, different events where we could involve the local industry with the local patrons. And yeah. so that is, that's what I think is, is a little bit unique about what we do. Yeah. So, again, for those who don't know, assume, because there's always people who don't, you know, we think we're more famous than we are, but there's a bunch of people who don't know about all these things. Um, some people listen to the podcast and haven't had the book yet, but <laughs> we're working on it. Um, why don't you talk about some of those events We'll get into the the early on in a bit, but why don't you touch on some of your events that you do right now? Right now, we're recording this. Obviously, it's June. This will come out in July. So talk about maybe some of your summer events, and then you can maybe get into the fall one after that. Great. Yes. So right now, as is with EBGA, uh, we host uh, a series of streetcar events that are in association with the Edmonton Radial Railway Society, or ERRS, for those of you keeping track of the acronyms. <laughs> 
Uh, they are uh, another Edmonton-based society that is uh, that is all volunteer-based, and they operate and maintain and refurbish antique streetcars that uh, traverse the high-level bridge so. and operate in uh, all in in um, Fort Edmonton Park. And so. how like you say antique, but to get into details, aren't some so of them from some of the ones some of the streetcars that they operate are more than hundred years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they're they, they're you know they have been fully refurbished oh, and totally, safety yeah. checked, and when they go out on the bridge, they they make sure that they can get back. They, they always come back. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but so, but it's cool. You're basically you're it's like a time machine. You're driving a museum across. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we 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 literally take that 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 rolling museum out onto what is another museum, which is the high level bridge in Edmonton, because yeah. it's built in something like 1903. Don't quote me on that, but I think yeah, that's some, still something, something accurate years, yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's over 100 years old already as well. And you get to see the scenic river valley aboard the streetcar. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we literally hold you captive on the streetcar and park you in the middle of the bridge yeah. uh, along with uh, both a brewer and a uh, cask-conditioned ale. Yeah, and so you have your your ninety minutes on board the streetcar with the with the brewer to do the Q and A thing with them, get to know them, feature the brewery, uh, different brewery every trip, and uh, also enjoy a glass or two of that cask ale. Yes, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be on you know a couple of these couple. in my time, yeah. and it's always uh, like you can't describe like it's the it's it is the best view in the city. Like you're up, what do they say? The distance above the water is higher than the distance of the drop of Niagara Falls. Yeah, so the basically from the level that the streetcar is at, it's about 150 feet above the river. Yeah. Depending on the the flow of the river, it's, it changes a little bit. but Naturally, yeah. yeah. But, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess now it would be a little bit less. The river's a little higher right now, right? Absolutely, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then there's, oh, man, and they do a little bit of a, of a tour on the way there and on the way back. You learn lots of cool little facts about yeah. what, what, what was in Strathcona and how the bridge evolved and how the streetcar service evolved, <laughs> you know, and that sort of thing. So it's, 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 they have loads and loads of information. Yeah. And people don't really leverage that. They, like, they, they operate daily service throughout mm-hmm. the summertime, and you can go and use it as transit rather than your LRT. Absolutely, yeah. You know, rather than get on a smelly old bus that was built, you know, 10 years ago, and it's smelly. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to ride underneath the high-level bridge, right? Yeah. You can ride on top of it, so. Perfect, yeah. I think it's huge. And then, um, I guess, you know, just a quick plug for the events coming forward for those, who, for those that'll listen right away. Um, well, two sergeants would have just happened if we're recording this now, and it's yes. coming up this week. Um, you still have... So there's there's going to be uh, a few left. So after that, there's Theoretically Brewing out of Lethbridge, Alberta. Yep. And then following that, we have uh, Grain Bin out of Grand Prairie. Yeah. And then we have Ribstone Creek out of Edgerton. Yeah. So Theoretically is on the 19th. I imagine that one's already sold out. It is. 19th of July. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the, the tickets go on sale one month prior to the event date. And how do you buy the tickets? Because this is important, isn't so, it? So <laughs> in order to buy the tickets, in order to get the link to the page where you can buy and purchase the tickets, uh, you have to be signed up for and receive the Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous newsletter. And how annoying is the newsletter? It's not really annoying. I mean, we don't, <laughs> we, don't, we don't sell a lot of stuff on there. We, you know, yeah. we primarily want to plug local events and, yep. and then plug our events too. So. Once a month, basically? Uh, if we get around to it, it's once a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, again, I subscribe to it too, full disclosure. I, I love their events. Um, yeah, maybe once a month. And I love that you guys do a calendar that's also other cask-related or real ale-related events. Yeah, we operate a calendar that uh, is co, I guess, kind of co-administered between uh, EBGA and the uh, Edmonton Homebrewers Guild, or EHG. Yes. Yes, which are all, again, great people. Yeah. So if you can find your way, did you say tickets sell out in? Minutes. 
like what's the world record? Four minutes. Four minutes. So basically, when you're buying that like floor seat at your favorite concert, you're hovering over the Ticketmaster, refresh, 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 whatever. Basically, it's like that. Essentially, it's basically to get. like that. And we we've, we try to find the the fairest way to make it possible to purchase tickets. So is that noon a month before? Is, is that, that yeah, twelve noon a month before the event? So date. if it's on the twenty seventh of July, it would come out on June twenty seventh. Correct. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like factoring 30 days. Right Absolutely. Now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So. Just so you know, because there's so many people who love, obviously they all love the event, but there's a ton of people who have heard great things and they're like, Matt, they're always sold out. So now, you know, you can, yeah, maybe we'll break the record after this. Yeah. You never know. Right. Absolutely. So the showpiece, well, I guess we can touch on one other event before we get into the, the crown jewel, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Um, freeze your cask off. Freeze your cask off is our, uh, is our winter offering. Uh, so I want to backpedal just a little bit, and uh, we're talking about cask ales. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Let's get into so that, yeah. Then there's, there's kind of a reason why cask-conditioned ales are featured at a lot of EBGA events. Uh, we find that cask-conditioned ales are uh, beers that uh, are, well, first of all, they're, they're beers that undergo a secondary fermentation in the cask to create all of the natural carbon dioxide in the beer. So it creates all the natural carbon dioxide, and it has a generally a smoother mouthfeel, but it's also usually only 40 liters. They come in smaller volumes, but usually only 40 liters. And they allow what are they called? Firkins. Yes. Word of the day. <laughs> Uh, so they, they come they allow a brewer to both be creative and and uh, with the flavorings and the offerings that they put into it but it also allows them a little bit of room to play and room to experiment with right yeah uh, it also takes they, they take care and attention to create so they off, they offer that the, they offer a way for a brewer to showcase both their their skill and their attention to detail and their creativity yeah. so all of that encompassed means that we like to f- focus on ca- on cask ales because yeah. they, they we think that they showcase what a brewer really truly can do and for those who have uh, perpetual fear of missing out or FOMO this is gonna be the acronym episode <laughs> Uh, typically they're never made again, right? Like someone will experiment and go, let's add this, let's add this. Yeah, they can, hops, they can, whatever, they can go that route for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of them, you know, it, or it could be, you know, the very first time someone has it and it really catches on and then they, you know, go into production. After Absolutely. That, right? And sometimes it's a learning experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So freeze your cask off to get back to that yep. is our winter themed or winter inspired uh, cask ale festival. And so that one is, uh, it's, for, for, from a brewery standpoint, it's an invitational. Yeah. Uh, so the way that we choose the breweries is by random draw out of a hat. All the bre- all the all the names of all the breweries in the province go into a, into a hat, and they get selected. Well, it didn't used to be draw. that way, did it? It did not get. It not, no. So what didn't. happened, Shane? Uh, <laughs> well, loads of bro- loads of breweries opened up. Really, everyone was so like. So my first event ever with EBGA, just guys, since we're on the subject, was at Freezer Kaskoff, and I believe it was six breweries. Yeah. Three of them were very, very new, including Ribstone and, um, oh, there was even before Blind Man, before Troubled Monk. Might have been Dandy. Dandy, yeah. Dandy was the other new guy. Yeah. Um, and then there was the OGs. I think it was Brewsters. I think it was Alley Cat. And I believe it was Big Rock. Maybe it was Wild Rose. I think it was Big Rock. Wild Rose was there too. I'd have to go back and actually look because it's, yeah. been, a, it's been a few years now. But. And so, yeah, so it was six casks, but I remember, you know, you, you, it's not like a beer festival. You have to keep moving and tasting tiny cups. Like you could do, what was it a ten ounce pour? We w- yeah, we would do just a standard. Yeah, we did a ten ounce pour. Just yeah, and then like a, you get a nice glass, right? That's what we're. If you didn't notice, absolutely yes. Well, at least that's what I'm drinking. Yeah, you yeah. Mine, do. mine. I don't know what vintage <laughs> your glass is. Mine is. Uh, oh yeah, what year are we at? Oh, mine's a 2016. Oh, I got a 2016. Yeah, this is fresh. Ooh. <laughs> so I just love that it was you know it was over what like six hours or something like that. Yeah. So you had time. It was winter themed casks. So it was. 
porters and stouts and, yeah. and most so things darker. That's what we ask the breweries to do, and that's part of it being an invitational. Is we ask breweries to create and be and, and embrace that season, since we're in Alberta and generally in Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> Sun that, goes down at three o'clock. Exactly, it's dark, <laughs> and so you you want a beer that that is hearkening of the season. Yeah, it's gonna warm you up a little bit because yeah. you're depressed. Uh, but I remember there was like the breweries were there, like the brewers. And the sales reps, and it was the first time I really got to interact with a bunch of different people and go, like, wow, EBGA is so cool. But, like, the venue was just – it was so chill and everyone's so friendly. And it was, like – it was this it was this highlight. It was a, it was a moment for me. Um, you know, I'd done the beer festivals before that, but it was just – it's on a whole other level. So, yeah. uh Yeah, that's that's one thing we like intimate, to – intimate, if you will. Yeah, and that's, that's why we like to do that is because it, it – and I always I, – I use the cheesy saying all the time, but it puts a face to the six-pack. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just this thing that's on a shelf that you're not sure whether you want to buy or you read the little blurb on the back. And, but it's, it's the person that you can ask, and they have these intimate, detailed, knowledgeable yeah. answers. Yeah, you get to know them. And, yeah. and that's, what, that's what good branding is. It's not just a good beer because if you have a good beer but everyone's like a dick, then yeah. <laughs> you and, don't and, want to support them, right? But most of them, right, everyone there was like, they're cool people. So you want to, like you said, yeah, it, it makes it more human, right? It's not just a product. It makes it a... Yeah truly a brand experience yeah, they're so. the ones that are passionate about it so they're the ones that i want to i want them to be a showcase for their or uh, the, the face of the company right so absolutely yeah. absolutely so that usually happens in january february yeah generally february yep okay and yep. then the street cars are throughout the summer usually there's five or six yeah there's six uh, operating may through october yeah yeah um which is basically the street car operating season right? yeah so if it snows they can't go yeah yes <laughs> um so let's talk about the crown jewel so the premier event of the season is uh, what we call EBGA Real Ale Festival. Or yeah. the RAF. Or RAF. Got to acronize? Acronize everything? I don't even know what's the word. Continue. Excellent. <laughs> right. So RAF is, uh, gosh, we've been doing this for six years now. So this will be our, our sixth anniversary of, of doing this. Wow. And it started back in the early days of EBGA, mm -hmm. uh, back when we still called a pub on White Ave uh, home. Cool. We'll get into that right away. Yeah. So okay. We'll come right, I'll come I back to that. Don't worry. All right. Uh, so basically, <laughs> it's a free-for-all. Basically, from a brewery standpoint, let's say. They, any brewery that's in the province that, that wants to make a cask ale uh, and wants to bring it to Real Ale Festival can do so. Uh, basically, what we're looking for is we want to showcase the Alberta craft beer scene in a single event. Uh, so we we offer uh, it's 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 basically a big long afternoon outdoor event. We yeah. host it at a very popular community league here in Edmonton called Ritchie. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in their outdoor hockey rink, yeah. and uh, so there's a, there's a few tents and chairs and stuff like that. But mostly, it's standing around drinking beer. Yeah. And I love that you do again. It's a ten ounce pour, or can you do? Yeah. Both? So we do we do uh, a, a couple of options. Uh, this year we'll do a five or a ten ounce pour. Your choice. Yep. Uh, so you can go around and sample all the different varieties of casks that are available. Mm -hmm. uh, last year we had twenty eight casks yep. on offer. Twenty five from Alberta. Twenty five from Alberta. We and I will I will have to say that there are some out of province uh, players that have been very very supportive to oh, EBGA in the past, yep. and we are by no means going to turn our noses away from them at this point. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, again, we can mention right Yukon, P forty nine, and Cannery. Uh, Cannery, and then in the past also with uh, Phillips as well. Oh, Phillips, yeah. yeah. I just think they couldn't make it last year or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we, like we, as many people in the Alberta beer scene know, we treat Yukon Brewing as an honorary Alberta brewery. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We'll probably pull Dave on the show, so. I hope so. <laughs> we will, we will. <laughs> we don't have to dance around, we will. <laughs> 
So real ale fest. Uh, last year was 400 people. This year we are we're, we're our license is for 450. 450. Okay. Yeah. So a l- slightly larger this year, and uh, as the gr- as the seas, uh, the scene has been growing, you know, we, we're expecting more casks to show up as well. So September 9th is the date this year. Yeah. Um, and we just got our license back in the mail today, actually. So official. We uh, will be doing the initial announcement, official announcements, uh, very right very quickly. It'll be yeah. It'll be live when this show comes out. You so. betcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And. 30 bucks to get in? like it's, it's Yeah, 30 bucks to get in, uh, and that gets you your take special edition take-home glassware. That yep. gets you your first poor uh, door prize draw ticket, and uh, yeah. And there's so. lots of cool door prizes, too. It's all like brewery, Just beer, and growlers, and t-shirts, and yeah. like there's so many things. There's right? so many door prizes, too. Yeah. So many. Yeah. yeah. Every, all the breweries are very, very, um, uh, very, very generous with that res- in yes. that regard. So And just to like, I've told many close friends, because I've been to it. As long as I've known this festival is around, I've been there. Except I think 2014, uh, Eric and I were in uh, Great Canadian Beer Fest in Victoria, which jerks, right? They put it on the same weekend as your Real Hill Festival, so we'll have to write them a letter. Anyway, um, I tell people, I'm like, this is like the event. I love the Alberta Craft Beer Festivals. They're awesome, but this one is so different, right? It's like way more casual. Um, usually the game of the beer is like everyone's stepping up. You're not just like pouring your typical beer. Like you're, yeah. you're trying to win over your, your peers essentially. Right. Yeah. So I guess to go down that road a little bit is that we've, um, we've actually initiated a couple of awards to, to the breweries in the past couple of years, um, to go along with the, the, that whole, that whole idea. So there's, there's people's choice. It's the, is the first award. And uh, the second award is then the uh, the first cask finished. So we, we think that they are they can be different things. Now, it was, a, it was a brand new brewery that won the first one two years ago, wasn't it? Was it Troubled Monk that won with the Pesky Pig? Correct. With Extra Hops, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was like, everyone's like, do you have the Pesky Pig? And I was like, no, I didn't get there. Like, I was, you know, you chat with people and you don't get to try them all. I volunteer, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And... Everyone was like, the Pesky Pig was so good. So eventually I had it in cans. And of course, I'm sure most people know Pesky Pig Pales. Like, Lo and behold. Yeah. An yeah. amazing beer. No wonder it won the first year. So that's powerful. Absolutely. That's yeah. Oh, and so here's what I'm going to say. I tell people all this all the time. I love the event. It's amazing. Be there, but buy your tickets. If you're listening to this, pause it and go buy your tickets. Because what always happens, Shane? They do sell out. All of your events sell out. They do. Every they, year. Yes. And all of very, them. We're very proud to be hosting such a patronage. So Yeah. yeah. They're, they're at, like, there's obviously there's a reason why they continue to sell out, right? You'll see you know, the regular people that are there, but you'll meet some new people. And I imagine you'll have a number of new breweries there too. Uh, we expect so. Yeah. 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 Probably uh, 10, do I guess? Dare I say? Do I estimate yeah, well, 10 We're going to ballpark that for sure. Yeah. yeah. In that ballpark. Uh, and once we get to a certain point where we have all of our breweries uh, RSVP'd and signed up, we'll release that that official list. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But regardless of when, like 28 casks, come on. Yeah. No one does that. So as far as we know, <laughs> and this, this comes with like a giant asterisk. <laughs> giant asterisk is that uh, as far as we know, Last year's Real Ale Festival was the largest outdoor cask ale festival in Canada, save for uh, outside of Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah, which is huge. Like, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So, again, one of my – I mean, I'll say it. I can have my opinions. <laughs> my favorite beer festival of the year. It just is. It's so unique. There's nothing else like it. 
Um, so yeah, go buy your tickets because you're you they will sell out, and there's always people. I'm sure you get a barrage of text messages and phone calls the day of or the week before. Can you get me in? And you're like, no, we're at capacity. That's it. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, save up your money for next year and Absolutely. click on it when you could have. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, tough love here. Yeah, yeah it's that's the way it is. So um, that's awesome. I love it. So my my second big question is how you got into beer specifically, Shane. So we'll we'll get into the the, the origins and the creation of the EBGA. I imagine your story will probably naturally lead into it. Right. But like, what was the moment? I love asking people like. Because not everyone was born into beer. Maybe you were. Then tell that story. That sounds great. Um, like, what was a moment where you had a beer and you're like, oh, beer's the thing when you first started enjoying it? Like, right. So this goes back to a year that I cannot remember. <laughs> it's a ways ago. A number of years ago. A number of years ago. We'll do that like, kind of fading into the past thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So we, well, me, uh, I was living in... Edmonton, but commuting back to Lethbridge quite often because that's where my my family harkens from. And I had I was in the middle of a university, so I had a summer off, and I took a part time job actually in Lethbridge at a shop, uh, a liquor store of mm-hmm. all things. I was yep. doing deliveries. I drove drove a truck. Nice, you know, drove a truck full of beer, and uh, every every so often you come home with a couple of beers. Like, yeah, this this stuff must be good. Yeah. People are buying it, right? Yeah. So you go and you taste it, and it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And my kind of light bulb moment beer was was Wild Roses IPA. Mmm. And this is this is like a decade ago, easy. At least, yeah. Yeah, easy. So it was in like the shitty apartment building in on the west side in Lethbridge near the university and it was a hot summer day and this was just the best thing in the world yeah yeah you know it wasn't uh, for me i didn't find it overly bitter i didn't know what to expect of an ipa because at that point in time i was rather well, uninitiated in the beer world and, and I those didn't... were fairly new in the market at that time right in, yeah. in alberta especially right yeah and so as far as i knew you know little old me then uh, an ipa was was like made by a macro or was, was or a, a macro logger was dressed up as an IPA in, in a branding, <laughs> you could in say a branding it. scenario. <laughs> so, but yeah, Wild yeah. Roses IPA was, was like that light bulb moment for me. Day, day and from night. there it kind of evolved rather, rather quickly, you know? Yeah. So. Wow. And then you also, you homebrewed. What was the pull to get into making your own beer? Like what was the, is it the student story or is there another well, no, angle it to it? Well, no, it's partially a student story. It's partially the student story. Sure. It's partially... Which I know, love. It's great. Yeah, not being able to, you know, afford the six-pack of beer, but I can make it for cheaper. But the other thing was is that I also wanted to know more about it. So yeah. a lot, when, along with the trying a bunch of different types of beer and, and experimenting on what's on the market, you start reading about different things. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I have no idea what that is or what that descriptor is in that flavor profile. Sure. How do I know what that is? And then you start to learn about how, it, how it's made. You learn about the ingredients and you learn how it, how it all comes together. And so, yeah, I started homebrewing when I was in university uh, and uh, just, you know, in, in my apartment and, and you know, the couple, closet cu- couple of the... carboys in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. coolest part, right? Away yeah. from the windows. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stovetop kettle and away you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing this for a few years, homebrewing, working at the liquor store, yep. traveling. Yeah. <laughs> Are you you're making friends this way? Do you have other fellow homebrew friends or is this... Uh... Not at that point. No, you're just No, like... not at that point. And that did, like, I didn't really meet a lot of people in the beer industry until I started walk, working in a shop here in Edmonton. Okay. Uh, it was, Do you want uh, to shout out or is uh, that... They're, they're, they're under a different name now, but they sure. used to be called 123rd Street Fine Wines. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they're, I think they're called... Oh, I know what it's called. C- City Cellars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. City Cellars yeah. now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 105 Ave or 106 Ave or something, right? Just north of yeah, 105 and 123rd Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Uh, I worked there for a stint. I was moonlighting there after after uh, I was working in a research lab at the university at that time. And I was moonlighting there, uh, and I started to get in even more into the industry and started bringing in different products. You know, I had to fight to get different products on the shelf. <laughs> There's this new product. We got an email about it. Sounds cool. Can I bring in one case? Yeah, one case. Yeah. And I had to hand sell every single bottle or wow. every single six pack, <laughs> and so in turn, you know, some of the restaurants uh, that that we uh, some of the licensees we service yep. started getting interested in it too, and started taking it on and being more involved in that, and start. So I started to learn uh, more and more, and then I started to get to know more and more. But people. you're also educating people on because you're like, you, not only do you want to bring it in for you to have, yeah, but you want your you need to sell it to people. So you, now you're you're spreading your yeah. your influence, right? So my education was always just one step. Of, uh, it, it had to be one step ahead of every everybody else's. You know, trying to try to in order for me to, to speak intelligently about that those particular products. Yeah, you can't you know push it on someone if you're not enjoying it yourself. No, I have or, you to know, be able to answer the questions yeah. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and there was a cool little wine, uh, little wine bar in Oliver Square that you, uh, that used to be there. Um, and so the proprietor there, uh, Chef Michelle, she used to uh, she used to let let me play a little bit there too. Yeah. So we actually I hosted my very first beer pairing dinner. Really? At uh, at Fourth and Vine. Yeah. Fourth and Vine. Yeah. Is it's now like a Mary Brown's? Oh, yeah. that's sad to yeah. hear. But it's so sad. It's the hear. best little, best little bistro wine shop, you know. Or and wh- what was the? You were just like, hey, let's do a beer dinner. I've got these beers, and you can do these. Like, yeah, or well, the pairings. I, I, I started reading about it. And yeah, it was like, beer dinners are a thing. And they yeah. had they had wine dinners all the time. Being, sure, being a wine wine bistro. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, like, why so can't we do? Yeah, I did like uh, I did uh, barrel aged beers and and Scotch ales. <sighs> what year is this? Gosh, it might have been like 2010 to 11. Wow. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. But there, <laughs> that's but amazing. There was, there was like 12 seats that Still, we had to fill. And you, like, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So that went well, I'm guessing. That went excellent. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I built their beer list and I changed it up all the time. You know, we, we, I wrote tasting notes in their menu and stuff like that. Yes. And yeah. So then what's the step? To get you to start this organization. So that is another well-known Edmontonian whose name is Craig Martell. And at that point in time, a little place called Wonderbar just opened up. And Craig was looking for people who were passionate about what they do uh, to come in and showcase what they do. Yeah. You know, and so he, he was really passionate about bringing in different and cool kinds of beer because, you know, people would buy it and think it was interesting and stuff like yep. that. And, so, yep. and that's a great way to go. Like, the, it's a very forward thinking crowd at this place, too, right? Like absolutely. It's, it's like absolutely. new artists, local artists, new beer, local yeah. beer. It's, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool artists, cool, uh, cool musicians coming through. Yeah. Uh, lots of cool little gigs. Yeah, yeah. Tiny little room, though. So not, mm-hmm. not a big venue. Cozy. Yeah. Cozy. <laughs> Rustic, uh, if you will. <laughs> Is that one way to describe it? Absolutely. Yeah, so Craig came into the shop that I was working in and said, hey, um, you know, the other guy that I know talked to said that you're, you're into beer and I'm kind of into beer and it'd be cool if you came in and did something in my bar. And so we talked a little bit and we talked a little bit and eventually it evolved into starting to have these kind of little tasting seminars and, and these guest speakers come in and doing Q&A sessions and you know, we did a little thing we called Beer University, where it was sitting yes. down with a panel of different beers and learning about what the style was and how to taste and how to how to identify flavors and, you know, building your vocabulary and yeah. all kinds of different things that was just really small little stuff, you know, so. So the first event, was it, I mean, obviously you worked with Craig on the event, but did you have 
some associates in EBGX? I know you have a board now, but yeah. like when did when did the group get involved, or what was? So the group kind of evolved um, well into you know, the, the fourth or fifth event, I think. Um, but uh, we 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 very quickly became a, a team. Yeah. Now, were you handpicking them because they showed up at the events, and you're like, "Hey, you should work with me," or, or these already well, existing friends? Or they, I've met a bunch of them; they're all awesome people. <laughs> so Yukon Dave was an, was an already an existing friend because I knew him because he would stop in at the store. Yeah. Uh, and then under the the Yukon label at that point, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just so, uh, but he was, he, and then he knew a couple of the other people, and then of course through through the wine store, there was there was links to uh, some some people that that uh, were with Pacific Wine and Spirits, and yep. um, they were from the UK, and so they really enjoyed the beer scene. They yep. they were really passionate about what was going on. Still there. do, still do. <laughs> yeah, and so then they they started coming to all the events, and uh, we're just. Always there all the time, and then started to offer to help. Yeah, and I said yes, please, that'd be great. Sure, so let's do let's do something cool. And yeah. so it, it just grew really quickly and really rapidly from there. And so now, uh, you know, six six years later, we are uh, an official society, not for profit, registered here in Alberta. Yep. We have our board of, of executives, and we have our standard meetings, and we coordinate our events. And uh, one thing that I'm going to surprise both of you with is that uh, we're going to announce this in this next newsletter also, is we're announcing a scholarship program. No. So, like to send to the brewers, like to old so, kind yeah. of thing? So basically wow. what we've done over the past six years is as a not-for-profit society, we've, we've, uh, n- we haven't made money. Nobody in EBGA gets a wage. Uh, we do it all as a volunteer basis. Absolutely. But, but yep. so the proceeds from some of our events... Do stack up a little bit, but not a lot. Sure. Uh, so we've just you can only buy so many microphones for the streetcar, right? Absolutely, yeah. So we've just <laughs> we've just finalized the agreement with the Olds College for the brewery and brewmaster operations program to do a five-year term sponsorship, uh, wow. a scholarship for for students there. Cool, yeah. good for you. So one student per year, thousand uh, dollars scholarship. They get handpicked by the. Uh, there's a couple of criteria that the students get get picked. I imagine by. there's a homebrewing. Uh, no, well, they're, they're, one, of them, <laughs> one of them, they have to demonstrate uh, involvement in the Alberta and, and, and passion about the Alberta craft beer scene. Yep. The other Smart. is that they have to demonstrate financial need. Uh, but they are also, they're not selected by EBGA. Yep. They're selected by the instructors. Sure. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's that's something new that's happening this year. That's exciting. Yes. That's, like, that's really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it feels really good to, to give back. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And it'll be cool to see that, you know, to help someone get into a program because I mean I know the program's already pretty competitive to get into um, and some people aren't even finishing because they're getting scooped up for jobs after a year right but yeah. to see that someone you help sponsor and you know to go on to work for breweries and, and start creating beer and maybe one day I mean I imagine they'll be producing real ale in your, one of your festivals like I hope so I hope that's so. really really cool yeah full circle right absolutely that's fantastic so Man, you flew through like all my questions. You're really efficient. I just I just speak quickly. <laughs> um, I I mean we can get into this early because I think we can go different places with it. My third and final question really is: What would you like to see happen in Alberta beer? Gosh, uh, I I just want to see it continue on 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 this path on the path that we're on. We're growing, and we're we're garnering more uh more interest from from kind of people that are not necessarily aware of the industry 
that haven't really been aware of, of what's going on in their cities or in their backyards or in their towns, you know, um, that haven't necessarily explored the flavor profiles of the beers that are being produced. Um, but at the same time, I want I want it to be I want it to grow in a way that is both uh, sustainable. Yep. And 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 grow in a way that produces world class beers. Yep. You know, um, in in Alberta, we have the ability, we have the skill set, we have the people, we have the college, we have the ability to, to make world class beers, Absolutely. and we we need to we need to showcase that. You know, we have uh, we have the farmers that grow all this barley here, world class, and we have we have the facility to do this. So let's. I really want it to to be. Uh, I really want it to be a, a unique thing for for the world. Yeah. Yeah. People go, oh, have you been to, everyone says, you know, <laughs> have you been to Portland? Have you been to, you know, Colorado? Have you been to California or, you know, San Diego or whatever? Like people are naming these beer destinations and I'm already, I've already met a few people who traveled to Alberta to visit Alberta beer. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be, you know, on like, why can't we be on that list, right? If we have the best barley in the world Absolutely. as a start, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's not like anyone, they're just got, you know, some regions have a little more time in the game than Absolutely. we do, yeah, right? Like, That's all it really is. People always ask, why, you know, why does BC have more breweries? Well, it's like, well, because first... So many components, BC right? was like 20 years ahead of the first yeah. brewery in Alberta. It's like, come on, yeah, like, yeah. We, can, we can catch up, but not at that pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, again, I think people listening to the show know those rules, right? The, the minimums were dropped, and, you know, the old college helps a lot. What do they just put out there? Third year, I believe? This year will be the third year, yeah. Third year graduate. Yeah. Or I guess a few weeks ago a month yeah. or whatever graduating the third class which is really cool because I'm seeing these people I'm meeting them again when they're in their breweries now and they're like they're doing a great job so I know you're growing your festivals organically you're growing it like you said sustainably yes that's what we're trying to do with our beer guide too um, how big can it be though because there's a certain point like right now like you know it was 200 then 300 then yeah we are we are at the inflection point (laughs) like how like it'll reach a point where it's not intimate anymore right well we hope that we never reach that point where it's not intimate but what we're where we've what we've been toying with and this isn't going to be established this year but perhaps in in years to come Mm -hmm. i'm not going to say when like i I don't have that foresight right here now but it is it may become a multi-day event yeah uh, it may become, uh, I, I really don't want to switch venue because Richie is just, it's cool. Amazing. It's a great venue. And in September, like maybe once or twice it rains a little bit, whatever, but it's yeah. still warm enough that the sun is shining. You're, it's a beautiful outdoors. Day. There's yeah. something about an outdoor and drinking beer with good people like ale, like real ale. It's, yeah. oh, it's magical. <laughs> so, so, so if we were to, if we were to have a necessity, it would grow in the number, in number of days. Yeah. Number so days, it, it would okay. be, it would be maybe a Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday, rather than just the Saturday event. So you were saying, like, you know, if it hits your limit, ideally, like, 40 casks is, like... So 40 casks is the ballpark number that we're saying we're going to cap it at this yeah. year. You know, it's it's tough to it's tough to know what that number is going to be. Sure. But, of course, there's always your, like, your beer-to-people ratio <laughs> has to be relatively... Yes. You don't want to <laughs> kill it and throw away a bunch of beer at the end of the event. You also don't want to run out, you know, hours before it ends or whatever. Well, right? of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. You know, um, typically what we've done is, you know, after the event is... Uh, you know, we go, we, we we'll close up and we, we, we have a, a little bit of beer left over, but we don't want that to be excessive. So, yeah. And then and obviously multiple day would just be, you'd, you'd basically switch breweries. Like day one would be. So there's a couple of different ways we could do it. Two would be like. Yeah. We could do like North South. We could do, oh, we could regionally. do alphabetical. We could do, you know. Split it however. Right? However we. In order of signing up purposes. Per, or <laughs> for sure. Or we could do it by, via styles. You know, we could do uh, any sort of any sort of different things. What? Yeah, I know. That's opening up. So- 
so many realms. So many, so many just different. Imagine when it's like, like you know, we do the the Alberta Craft Beer Week. Yes. What if it grew to the point where you had to do a week of festivals? I'm game. <laughs> it was like you know, 10, 20 casks per you know maybe five p.m. to nine p.m. But it was like yeah. you know Monday through Friday or, be, or Monday through Sunday or. That would be amazing. Then, then you know the you know obviously you know you pull beers from other places, but I know the majority obviously is Alberta beer. But Alberta beer would be in a really cool spot if you could do a week of real ale festival week. Yeah, and then you know it doesn't have to necessarily be like forty casks at night. No, right? no, of course not. You do like ten or twenty, or you know, right? and you yeah. could have your specific little events. You could, you know, if it's Alberta Craft Beer Week, then you would definitely. I would take EVGA on the road and find something to do in Calgary for sure. Well, that's that's what one of my other questions here was. Do you plan on doing events in other places? Because these Edmonton ones are, I mean, they're always selling out. and We've pandered with the idea. Because <laughs> I know there, there's other, you know, uh, organizations that do ale-related education and events. You but bet. Um, I don't think they're on the, like, you know, Calgary, of course, they have way more breweries. I'm biased. I'm in Edmonton. Maybe people know this. Um, and I love Calgary. But there's, you know, they have, well, 18 breweries now, and we've got six, maybe seven by the time this podcast comes out. Right. Hopefully <laughs> 10 by the end of the year. Nine, you know. Um, like, Calgary's just ahead in, in the numbers game, but I feel like some of the people are more educated because of what you've been doing in Edmonton for so many years that, you know, people are elevating their palates, their, you know, their knowledge, their, their just overall appreciation when it comes from that place of real ale, everything else I think is just like easy after that, if if I dare say. <laughs> so, you know, would it be a fall thing? Would it be a spring thing? Or you're just it's just ideas, just Whoa. floating, eh? <laughs> we're just we're just we're just floating ideas. We 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 haven't really committed to anything or said that we want to do anything specific yeah. in Calgary. But it would be kind of neat to to take Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous on the road and see what we could do. Yeah, I, and I think people would be willing to travel. Not and you'd also obviously engage the local market wherever you ended up. Um, there's a lot of festivals across Alberta right now. I think on the weekend alone, there was what Wabaman had their first one. There was one in Leduc, and then there was I think it was something in Calgary as well. Oh, and Grand Prairie was on Friday. <laughs> yeah, and there was one in Canmore as well. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's a, depends on who's organizing it, but there's so, like a little liquor store a ton going on in Calgary. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. Is there any towns that you think are underserved right now, or that you'd like? Hmm, maybe we should. Keep our eye, maybe if not for you, but maybe for someone else. But I think any town that doesn't have a brewery is underserved. True, true. You could even go further to say any community that doesn't have that's fair. A brewery's yeah. underserved. No, I, <laughs> just to analogize that, I guess again is is I take uh, my inspiration from uh, my heritage, right? And I uh, so that it's, it's Danish, and so every every small town in Denmark has has a couple of things. You know, they have they have a church. Yep. And they have a bakery. Yep. Got to eat your bread. Yeah. And what well, they don't always now, but they used to have a brewery. So there was, there was, there was three things. That, Absolutely. That you needed to sustain life. Yeah. And that's, that's all you needed. And there yeah. it is. There's a town. That's it. Your faith, your stomach and your, and your thirst, I guess. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but th- that's what I've always said too, is that, you know, historically, traditionally there's, I mean, I always said butcher, baker, brewery, whatever, but it was the, it was the living room of the community. It was where people got together and, and hung out. And that's where you shared your news and your gossip and your discuss politics and what was going on. And exactly you know, where you meet to, to hang out with your friends. It's your community meeting spot absolutely. to discuss the things of the day, the items of the, of the, of the work day, you know? So absolutely. Um, other venues. Cause I know you, again, you still want to keep it 
I know I keep using the word intimate, but it's like it's it's good when a when a, a festival is a size that you can like see everyone or talk to right. everyone or maybe not necessarily talk to everyone, but you can know what's going on. Or if you lose your friend, you can find them. You know what I mean? Like I love the the Alberta Beer Festival in the Calgary Beer Fest, right? It's, it's awesome. It's amazing, but it's so big. Right. You have to go both days from beginning to end with the VIP just to try to get to all the places you want to, right? Like it's so so there's 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 the the very very just very good distinction to be made here and is that the ABF guys, Alberta Beer Festivals, that's a business. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I, I like what they do. They put on good events. Yeah. And we I love t- them as humans I, I too. Attend <laughs> them, I attend them all the time. Yeah. Uh, but EBGA is a not-for-profit. Yeah. We're, we're not in this to make yeah. money. We're, You're not we're, trying we're, to scale. We're in, this to support this, we're in this to support the industry. Absolutely. We're, we're in this to be to, to maintain that. Uh, I don't, I can't think of another word now, but mm-hmm. it's maintain that integrity. Yep. And I don't want to. I don't want to speak down about what they do at ABF because yep. I think they do a good job. Oh, it's amazing! A really yeah. good it's, job. It's it. completely different. Like if people think what you guys do is what they do, it's 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 almost black and white. It right. almost and, is, right? And so that's where that's where we we take our our way of growth and our our way of scaling to heart. Yeah. You know, we have to keep those 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 core values at heart. And when we want to grow an event, we have to really think hard about. Do we need to? Do we want to? What does it gain us? Yeah. How it much does, extra work is it? Because it's volunteer work too, right? Like exactly. That, that is a part of it, right? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, are you doing a good job of, you know, there's that, again, like, you know, my first uh, freezer cask, I'll always use a little bigger this last one. I think you did, what, 10 or 12 casks for freezer cask off yes. the 2017 one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. In that range. Uh, give or take. Um, but there's also like, there's, it's just a different dynamic, right? Like you can, and because it's, you know, the window is typically six to eight hours or so. I think you went from Real Ale Fest was one to 8 p.m., I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you're not crushing beers. Like, you're enjoying it. You're appreciating it. You're well, chatting that's the thing. With people we, want, we want the pace to be really nice and slow. We want, we want people to, to converse. We don't want people to feel rushed. Absolutely. Feeling rushed and having that, you know, muffled announcement over the PA system of, you know, <laughs> five minutes till last call. Yeah. It, it, There's we, not don't, a, we don't want yeah. those lineups to form. We want people yeah. to be, like, again. It's all respectful. Like, it's, it's just, it's a totally different crowd. It's organic. Yes, yeah. I love that organic, absolutely. So because you know you you grow a certain way, your events do sell out um, all the time. <laughs> what like is there other avenues you've thought about to reach more people to continue the education? Like, have you thought about a podcast or doing videos or yeah. other smaller events outside of the streetcars, like the way it used to be? Like yeah. uh, um, Matt and me have talked about doing a podcast. It, yeah, we've we've not really talked about it for a while, but it's something that be could, could be could be uh, thought upon again. Yeah. However, yeah. you know, there's there's the desire for me to want to do like a series of little informational videos. Sure. Um, there was uh, last year I was I did it really in a in a rush. Was it the anatomy of a, of a firkin or a penis? Yes, I did. Like, I did two, maybe three little like four minute videos. All right, time out, time out. Can we still find these on the internet? I think they're on our Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so cool. the anatomy of a cask, <laughs> how to properly, how to properly sell a cask, how to properly serve a cask. Mm. And that was, that was, uh, they were reactionary uh, videos or sure. reactionary posts to, to another event that, that, that really treated cask ales poorly. Cool. No, and that's good. Like he, it, you have to say something, right? If people don't do something the right way, you need to stand up and yeah. do it the proper way to yeah. put it as, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, so where can people, obviously people need to subscribe to your uh, email newsletter, which comes out 
maybe once a month. Yeah. So edmontonbeergeeksanonymous.ca. <laughs> yes. Yep. And then you're on Twitter at beergeeks underscore yeg. Correct. Cool. Anything else you'd like to add in? Keep it in that fun. Sure. Dun, dun, dun. That's the right music, right? Anyway, thanks everyone for joining in. Um, thanks again, Shane, for joining us. Thank you. Um, again, you can find the Alberta Craft Beer Guide on Twitter and Instagram at ABBeerGuide. Cheers. This has been a production of Screaming Dachshund Studios.